0: This is Money Made Simple, the financial podcast that keeps it simple and gets to the point. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to Money Made Simple. Hello Liv. Hello Jenny. So today we're going to be talking about compounding returns. Yes,
1: so it's a concept that seems to be bandied about a lot in the financial industry. But I mean for the average Joe... Uh, What really does it mean? Is it really important? And why are people like us or companies like us talking about it so much?
0: Yeah, well, compounding returns is an important concept understand. Um, I'm more of a words gal than a numbers girl, so I'd say I'm kind of the opposite, right? So we're very complimentary. Oh, totally complimentary. <laughs> um, so let's start with the terms we're using. What do we mean by compounding returns and compounding interest? Is there a difference between the two? They can get used interchangeably, but there is a difference. Well,
1: tell us more about that difference. Okay,
0: too. so when you save money in the bank, you earn interest on that money, and this is essentially what you're paid by the bank for holding your money. They loan your money out and charge interest on that and then you're getting a share of that interest.
1: And how does this interest work like in terms of the technicalities? Is all interest equal?
0: Let's imagine we have an account and the interest isn't compounding. Mm -hmm. So you are only going to earn interest on the original amount that you put in. For example, if you deposited $10,000 and you're earning 2% interest per annum, Mm -hmm. if you left it in the account for a year you would earn $200 and you would earn that $200 every year. So the first year, you'd have $10,200. At the end of the second year, you'd have $10,400. And by the end of the third year, you'd have $10,600, and so on. Gotcha. Compounding interest means that any interest you earn starts earning interest of its own. So if we use the same example, $10,000, at the end of the first year it would become $10,200. But the end of the second year, it would be $10,404. That's comparing
1: to $10,400. Yes. Right? So you have
0: earned an extra $4. <laughs> Your $200 of interest has earned its very own interest and it's $4. It doesn't sound like very much, no. but it really starts to snowball. If we look at the 10-year mark, you'd have $12,190. So you have earned, without putting another cent into that account, you've earned 2000 One hundred and ninety dollars But we'll look at some more examples as we're chatting. Cool. So that's compounding interest. Yes. So compounding works for all types of investment returns though, not just interest on savings in a bank account. So that means compounding can work on your investments too. KiwiSaver is a great example because any returns that you earn each year staying in your account, they will start to earn returns themselves.
1: Yeah, so when we talk about compounding returns, that includes compounding interest, right? So it's like the umbrella term.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So we're going to be referring to compounding returns.
0: Correct. So it's a pretty simple term, but it can feel a bit complex to understand. Always good to bring in a famous quote from someone much smarter than us. We love smart people. Yes. So Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of the US, explained it well when he said, money makes money. And the money that money makes makes money. Oh, tongue twister, just a little. <laughs> so let's look at a bigger example and bring in a situation where you're actually adding to your investment. So it's not very often that we just stick money in a bank account and forget about yeah, it. Sometimes. Um, in this example, we're going to be adding to that investment, just like we do for KiwiSaver or if you, you know, auto invest. So say your wonderful parents decided to invest a dollar a day for you from the day you were born until you turned 65. Wait,
1: wait. So you're saying that there are parents out there that would keep investing on behalf of their snotty little kid once they're an adult, right through to when they're retired?
0: Are uh, your parents not doing that for you? <laughs> are yours? Are you calling me a snotty little kid? Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's just say these are wonderful okay. imaginary Example. parents that are yep. doing this. Yep. By the time you reach 65 your parents will have invested $23,741. That is the number of days between the day you're born and the day you turn 65.
1: Did you do good maths again or was that I know. something like you prepared even, earlier? I'm even
0: surprising myself today. Um, let's assume that you're getting 4.5% return every year on the money that's being invested, which is about what the average KiwiSaver growth fund should earn over time bearing in mind that returns can go up and down. Mm -hmm. So we're using the Sorted website. They've got a savings calculator and we've used that to do this calculation. Anyone can go online and use this. When we've put these numbers in, we can see that a dollar a day saved will grow to over $136,000 by the age of 65. So just to be clear, your parents... Your wonderful parents. Your wonderful parents have invested $23,741, but you have earned another $112,000 because of compounding returns.
1: And by my excellent maths calculations, that is around five times as much in returns as what your wonderful parents put in. So that is why Albert Einstein, another pretty smart guy. Yes, much, much smarter than us, supposedly called it the eighth wonder of the world, compounding returns. He said that those that understand compounding returns earn them and those that don't pay them.
0: Yes. So in other words, you earn compounding returns when you're investing or saving money. But on the other hand, you pay compounding interest.
1: Which works like we discussed in Jenny's initial example.
0: Yep when you're borrowing money. So let's talk a little bit more about that side of the coin, Liv, and the effects of compounding debt.
1: Okay, so we have harped on about how great...
0: I don't think I harped on, but sure.
1: So okay, Jenny harped on about how great compounding returns are, but in a very succinct way. Thank you. But yes, so as she said, absolutely the opposite is true in terms of compounding negative returns, aka debt, the debt monster. An easy example of compounding debt, which some of us are lucky to have or will be lucky enough to have, is a mortgage. So let's keep it really simple again. So say you have borrowed 500k on a 30-year mortgage term and you're lucky enough maybe a couple of months ago to have locked in a 6% interest rate. Let's say that's the average interest rate that you pay over that 30-year term, just for simplicity's sake. This means that you'll be paying around $1,400 a fortnight if you make fortnightly repayments. The really interesting thing here is that with this amount of debt and at that 6% average interest rate, you'll actually be paying more in interest over the 30-year term than what you actually borrowed. So it works out to be around $580,000 in interest payments versus your $500,000 that you made in repayments if you paid it off over that term. So you're going to pay about a million dollars or just over a million dollars for a $500,000 home over 30 years.
0: Right. So we'll talk about this in another upcoming episode, I think, but that's not necessarily considered bad debt, right? No, cool. so
1: it sounds awful and you know, obviously you've paid off double, um, but no, you're right. Credit card debt and personal loans and other what we call consumer debt uh, type loans like buy now, pay later, if you don't pay them off in time, they are considered much worse with regards to paying compounding interest, as that snowball effect that we talked about earlier in Jenny's example will make a significant difference because of the higher interest rates that they charge. So for example, rates from the big banks on credit cards are often up to or around 18 to 20% interest. So compare that to your 6% for your mortgage, which you know, is, is biting at the moment, but if you look at 18 to 20%, that's at least three times that mortgage interest rate, which, believe me, makes a big difference. So let's just put this into context.
0: Yep, let's do it. Let's
1: do a simple example again, because we love a simple example. So if you have a $10,000 personal loan and you can't afford to pay that back, so say it has an 18% interest rate over 10 years, if you didn't make any payments on that, after those 10 years, That $10,000 debt would have ballooned, aka compounded, to over $52,000, meaning that in this case, at the end of that 10 years, you would have to repay 5.2 times what you borrowed. Ouch. That's going to hurt, right? It sure is. So compare that to your mortgage, which you paid double, sounds a lot because it's a big number, this is over five times, at an 18% interest rate. So... Hopefully we understand how compounding returns can work for us via saving, either with the bank or investing in the markets or with your KiwiSaver provider, versus how they work against us with debt. And we'll go into more detail around good versus bad debt later. But I mean, Jenny, what else is important to understand that can kind of help us harness this power of compounding return?
0: Well, I think the number one trick to taking advantage of compounding returns is to start saving early. It really is all about time. And because we love an example, I'm going to illustrate that point. So let's say we've got two investors. We've got Mia and Joe, and they are both 55 years old right now. Cool. Mia started investing at 25, and Joe started at the age of 35. They both made the same amount of total contributions up to the age of 55, but Mia started 10 years earlier. Smart Mia. Mia is very smart. So Mia was saving $500 a month from the age of 25, and Joe was saving $750 a month from the age of 35. By the time they both turn 55, they have both put in $180,000 each. But they've earned quite different amounts in compounding returns. Mia has earned $227,000, giving her a total saving of about $408,000. Joe has earned one hundred twenty-four thousand, giving him a total of three hundred four thousand dollars. So at the age fifty-five, Mia is actually a hundred thousand dollars richer than Joe, thanks to the power of compounding returns. Cool. So just to be clear here, they've
1: contributed the same total amount in savings or money, and the return rate's the same, right?
0: Yes. So exactly the same amount, same rate of return, but Mia had a 10-year head start. So even though she was putting in less each month, over those initial 10 years, her money was making money for her. And that's what's led her to having an extra $100,000. So it's just time in the market. It's important to say here that if you're a little bit older, (laughs) and I'm going to say like myself before Liv does, and you're yet to join KiwiSaver or you're not investing. Wait, wait, wait.
1: You are in KiwiSaver though,
0: right? I am in KiwiSaver. I just was talking about how old I was. (laughs) Um, It's never too late. So it's really important to get in now, but it is true that the earlier you start, the better.
1: Okay, so really important, time in the market. Any other things to note around compounding returns?
0: Yeah, I guess just to note that compounding returns have an exponential curve. So I've got my hands in the air, only Liv can see. And basically what I'm showing is the growth starts off small and sort of steady, but then starts to curve up more and more steeply. Literally her hands are going up more steeply (laughs) as they go. It is the, the magic of compounding returns and that snowball effect is that interest that you earn becomes part of that principle and then you're earning interest on the interest and things really start to take Off
1: that old tongue twister, money makes money, makes money, makes money, Uh, makes money.
0: Yeah, sort of almost love. I'm
1: sure that's exactly how you said it.
0: And the
1: (laughs) other thing (laughs) that we would really encourage you to go and use, as we always do, there's some really great online calculators and tools on sorter.org, obviously, but also on our own website, simplicity.kiwi. Money Hub is another great example. Yep. For sure but when you do use these calculators or tools it's important just to remember that the investment projections are just that they are projections. So they for example might use a 4.5 percent annual return for a growth fund as sort of an average but actually growth funds will quite often return higher over the long term and at different times it can be lower for example the last couple of years. Nobody has an accurate crystal ball for the future. It's why you'll always see fund managers saying past performance is not an accurate predictor of future performance.
0: Classic disclaimer there.
1: Absolutely.
0: And there's actually another way of projecting your future savings too, right, that we often hear about in the investment world. Can you tell us, Liv, about the rule of 72? I sure can. So the
1: rule of 72 is a simple way to determine how long an investment will take to double given a set annual rate of return, which is obviously compounding. So what you do is you divide 72 by your annual rate of return that you've projected and that number will give you the approximate amount of years it will take for your investment to double. So as always, let's do an easy example. Let's say you have an investment balance of $10,000 because we love $10,000 and you want to know how long it will take you to get to $20,000 without adding any more funds. So let's use a different estimated annual return this time. Let's go with 7%. In order to find out how long it would take you to double that money, you divide 72 by 7, that rate of return that we chose, and that would show you that your investment will double every approximately 10 10.3 years.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. The rule of 72.
1: Magic of compounding interest in action. Great. Yeah, so compounding returns are super important. And the concept is actually fairly simple once you can kind of get your head around it. So it's something that we should all understand and use to our advantage and get it working for us via investments and savings rather than against us, aka debt. So what's next then?
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our fabulous episode on compounding returns magical
1: compounding returns
0: Um, next week we're going to have a bit of a special episode actually we're going to be talking with our managing director Sam Stubbs he's coming to join the show to chat about simplicity living and why we think it gives simplicity a sustainable competitive advantage for our members so that should be a good one I hope you'll join us then see you next week see ya bye
1: This podcast contains personal opinions and is intended to provide educational information only. It doesn't relate to your particular financial situational goals and is not financial advice or recommendations. Simplicity New Zealand Limited is the issuer of the Simplicity KiwiSaver Scheme and investment funds. For product disclosure statements, please visit Simplicity's website, simplicity.kiwi.